Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, not exactly. Pat and Jeffy healing up. Uh, probably for the entire week, I imagine. I don't know. The CDC guidelines are constantly changing. Who knows how long they're supposed to stay away. But uh, we wish them uh, health and strength and all of you who are suffering through Omicron right now as it is definitely going around. I am Keith Malinak. I am joined by Blaze contributors Eric July. We've got Jill Savage. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, I know you guys uh, aren't used to being around this building at this time of day. <laughs> so uh, appreciate you uh, making time. Where can people find you guys and the stuff that you do? Uh, out on the old interwebs, Eric? Well, if I'm not here right. doing somebody's show at some <laughs> point, um, you can find me, of course, over at youtube.com slash younggrouper59. We do our show at 12 p.m. for canon's sake um, throughout the week, Monday to Friday. And um, you can also not just catch the show if you just want to see kind of the isolated segments. Those, of course, are available mm-hmm. as well on YouTube. EricDJuly.com has also... Uh, Everything me because I do I couldn't sit up here and just rattle off the fifty five million <laughs> things that I'm involved in. Right, just really depends on where you know me from. Sometimes it's music, sometimes it's comic right. books, sometimes just talking mess on the internet. EricDJuly.com. Jill, Jill underscore Savage is okay. the easiest place, and I love that Pat. By the way, is out when we have some of the best football games of the season <laughs> right like we had that classic nfl game that you know we were we were wondering is it going to go to a, into a tie or not and then mm-hmm. we have the national championship game last night so uh yeah these these late night football games paired with the early mornings have been uh been fun here at <laughs> isn't the it a fun way to live we, we don't have a football game tonight so tomorrow morning i'll be You'll good be- to go well, yeah okay good good yeah uh georgia i am so happy for you um I have so many connections to the University of Georgia, and uh, they won 33-18 was the final over their rival Alabama last night, college football championship game. So congratulations to the Bulldogs. Uh, a lot of people back home, my home state of Georgia, are very happy now with the national championship and the Braves winning the World Series. It, I think this picture says it all after the game last night. Where Look at that. You got Kirby Smart and Vince Dooley. I mean, that is... Those are two Georgia legends right there. So everyone in Georgia right now seeing that picture, uh, their heart is warmed because that gentleman on the right was the coach the last time the Bulldogs won back in 1980. The only thing missing from that picture would be if Larry Munson, the famous Georgia Bulldogs announcer, was there. So congratulations, University of Georgia, for getting it done last night. Very happy for you guys. Uh, Today, a new book is out. I don't know if you've heard about this. Glenn Beck's got a new book. If you go to glensnewbook.com, uh, he's got the, and it's it's the great reset. It's um, my gosh, Joe Biden and the rise of the 21st century fascism. We're gonna have Justin Haskins in here tomorrow, uh, the co-author of this book with Glenn, and he's gonna be answering our questions. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, my gosh, this I, I can't wait to read this book. This is a must-have, and it's out today, The Great Reset, uh, Glenn's latest offering at glennsnewbook.com. Okay. As much as the world is burning, and you'd figure at some point it would just consume itself, and there would be nothing left, but no, it continues to burn, and we're here to pick through the embers. 
Um, I just, there is so much stuff. The, the stuff that fits in four columns on Pat's desk, right? I have to cram into to my space over here with two columns. I'm the world's most unorganized person as it is, but uh, even more so with all this paper. Um, I don't even know where to begin other than to say I was, I was listening to Steve Dace, who is on the Blaze Network right after Glenn's show. And he opened up his show yesterday with some heartbreaking stories um, from listeners of his, and one that I just had to jot down some notes because it was just, I just, I hated it. This guy named Kent, who listens to Steve, he's a federal contractor, he has a family, and he has a disabled child, and he was in no position to lose his job when the mandate came out from Biden. And Kent reluctantly got the jab and his immune system began to turn on him to the point where now Kent is not able to walk. And I just, I cannot imagine being in that position where what choice do you have how long before americans really push back in mass because this is not okay maybe it's an isolated incident and this is what steve said not to kent it's not it's a pretty real thing what he is experiencing now and his family is going through and i got to thinking you know how yesterday we had the cdc numbers and the cdc numbers showed that, and not to minimize anybody's death, but less than a thousand children in America have died from COVID. And I got to thinking, what is that number? Like, what is the verifiable number? Does somebody have that of, of children who have died from the shot? Because I would like to see that comparison myself. And I think if you had that stat to show people maybe we could at least stop the insanity train as it affects the kids. Guys, where do you think this is going to end up? Uh, look look ahead, six months, a year from now, five years from now, where is this country? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously it depends on wherever the people want to take it, man. I mean, I've been obviously fed up with it. just everything that's going on because to me the solution to this problem isn't as like difficult as I think a lot of people make it um and, and this is where the part of the show where i get to criticize folks that like to think that they're on my side these conservatives um <laughs> I, some of them i feel like are controlled opposition and others i feel like are so naive that they think that these sorts of issues are going to correct themselves right and they're just going to go away and they're not and unfortunately the minute someone actually proposes an actual solution oftentimes we get what i often call i won't say because this is a radio show and not my show chicken <laughs> crap uh conservatives some of them have eye patches and they often get in the way <laughs> of liberty seriously they get in the way of liberty what you've seen with covid and i need people to understand as well our listeners our viewers whoever's checking us out right now that what you see right now, what you've seen over the course of the last couple of years is a sort of this culmination of 
really where the country has been going for decades. And that's closer and closer to absolute state socialism. And conservatives, or the Republicans, whatever you want to call them, have either aided in what we have right now or they've been absolutely useless in terms of stopping it, getting to this point. And oftentimes it's because they've done nothing but protect the institution that ensures the power structure of the authoritarian left. And that's why you're in the position right now. So, as an example, you could propose, okay, well, we have, I think most conservatives would agree that what we have right now is an all-powerful state. And I mean that as a territorial monopoly on use of force, violence, and ultimate decision-making. So I'm not just referring to the state of Texas. I'm saying the federal government um, as well. Yet, any event that you try to scale back on that or rather eliminate that position, you often get conservatives who will say something along the lines or advocate something along the lines that, This is not realistic. And those are the people that need to get the hell out of the way because those are the people that got us in this position right now. So it's hard to see the trajectory because often it seems like it's accelerated where it gets worse um, in a lot of cases when it should get better. And I think it's because be it the constituents or the actual politicians, there's not enough people who uphold and value liberty at the highest you know what I mean? Like individual liberty, private property rights as their number one, let's say, thing that it is that they're going to pay attention to and adopt going forward and, and whatever. Um, and again, everybody has their thing. It is that we do. We're on the radio here. Some people have their way of uh, advocating liberty and manifest itself in several other ways. But if you don't value liberty at the utmost high, get the hell out of the way <laughs> and let us the people that seem to at least have some sort of idea of what to do, let us do what we need to do. And what that looks like, what that liberty looked like, it's funny you're just talking about federal contractors here. <laughs> what that looks like is a lot of folks out of a lot of jobs um, in terms of uh, folks that be at work for the state or subsidized by the state. And really, I think that's why so many people are too chicken crap to actually do what it needs to be done mm. because they're comfortable. And they think that the state has to exist in a capacity that it exists right, right now. And if it doesn't anymore, their, their, I guess their future looks grim. And yeah, it does. But that's what liberty is about. It's not about the government controlling every aspect of our of our life and us looking to them. I hate that we have to even have these conversations on the air. That we have to say, the government, what are they going to do to get us out of this situation? And it's like, well, they put us in this situation. Do you think that a lot of Americans are just shell-shocked at this point? Is that some of it where they just anticipate, no, nah, this is America. I mean, it's, it's going to go back, right? It's going to get back. I don't have to yes. do anything. And it's that's just, the problem. Right. That's the problem. Because right they've there. never had to do anything. They've never Correct. been uncomfortable. Bingo. And so now they're in a position where it's like, I don't know how to adapt. I'm not ready for this. And you see the mass protests over in Europe, right? Like people are taking to the streets over there. You don't see that Mm-mm. in the United States much to this point. Like, oh, I just want to go back to my normal life. How can I get that with? Without having to do anything. I just want my my regular every day to come back. I don't want these COVID restrictions. You know, my employer, they're telling me that I have to get a jab. Okay, like maybe I will, maybe I won't. There are so few people right now 
that have been willing to stand up uh, until these last, I would say, like two weeks, probably, when we've seen this shift in the, the mm-hmm. narrative from <laughs> yeah. the media and the CDC and everybody's going, oh, hey, by the way, the masks don't work. Our testing hasn't been all that great. Like, we keep cycling the tests. You don't have to take them anymore once you've actually been COVID positive. You're good. Just go back out into the wild. Live your life. And it's like it's a total narrative shift mm-hmm. uh, that, that we've seen from them. But un- until that, like, I-, I feel like there's a lot more of my friends in my own personal life now that are willing to question things like, oh, that's no, good. Have you have you heard that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> it- at least we're there now. But, we're there, yeah. but to the point that they allowed you, they allowed it to, to go for two years before there was any form of pushback for the majority of Americans. Yes, there's, you know, the the small pockets here and there uh, that have been fighting this the whole way. But it's like y- you realize that the federal government can't come down and say that everybody has to do something like that's just that's just not the way that this whole thing has been set up. But but nobody fights it mm-hmm. at even just a, a very basic minimal level mm-hmm. in the United States, which is why I I think that that's, that's the most concerning part about COVID for me was the fact that they pushed so hard and the pushback was non-existent. Very minimal. I will say to your point of, um, you know, they're in the streets in Europe on Sunday, January 23rd at the nation's capital uh, meeting at the, uh, on the Washington Mall. Let's see. Uh, it's actually at the uh, George Washington Monument. That's where they're gathering for this uh, in the mandates march. And it will be nice to see um, how many people show up there. I will say that I looked and tried to figure out how to get up there. And and I don't know that I'm going to be able to make that, which, I mean, what does that say about me, right? Um, But January 23rd, uh, there is going to be a march uh, to try to end these mandates if the Supreme Court won't. uh, Maybe mass protests will. Who knows? But uh, I I do like um, the mantra that Steve Day said yesterday for his show is, let's find out. Like, if I don't get the jab for my job, what's going to happen? Let's find out. And you can apply kind of that phrase to to so much going on right now. Let's find out. And and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Never mind the government aspect, but just individuals and, and leading voices in the medical field who are speaking now and all this stuff right down to whoever this guy is this tweet i think sums up dangerously where so many people are in this country when it comes to how they view those of us who refuse to get the vax look at this tweet that this guy sent out uh, over the weekend they got a lot of attention on social media my position this is some guy named doug little My position is we must make the lives of the unvaccinated a total misery and just keep escalating the exclusions until we crush the resistance and break their spirit in order to force compliance. And so they learn not to resist government mandates. That is the crossroads we're headed at. And it's, uh, I'm not looking forward to it, but like you said, Eric, I'm also not comfortable just letting people like Doug Little get their way so it's that that's 
that's the attitude of the government. And they've almost as much as said. He also had the Canadian flag in in his oh, name. Uh-huh. So I hope that he's Oh, that he's is up that a there. message for Canada? Maybe maybe it's maybe it's, you know, their their uh-huh. message uh, up north. Uh-huh. But it's one of those things where it really defines the difference. Everybody thought, oh, Canada, the United States, they're all basically the same. <laughs> you can tell the absolute difference now between the two countries there there has never been an easier way to say uh you are not like us you might be nice you might look like us you might have a similar way of life Mm -hmm. but when it comes to our governments Mm -hmm. well they're getting they well they're 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 getting getting closer closer and closer the divide is is lessening unfortunately hey how are those vaccines working uh do we have that tweet i don't remember if i sent this in for uh rehash here because we haven't gotten to it it's the one where uh, Gibraltar, it's the most boosted place on earth. Yes, thank you so much, Rob. Uh, 80% of their population, fully vaccinated, 100%. Um, Gibraltar also happens to have the eighth highest rate of infection on earth. Look at this chart. Hi. That's a lot going on there with the COVID cases, considering how vaxxed they are. But... <sighs> Don't ever, don't ever let them tell you that they sold the vax as just lessening symptoms. They said it was going to That's what they're going to say every time something like this pops up. I mean, this has been the case of that. It looks like that for so many different countries, counties and states, uh, really around the, the entire world where they have more cases than what they ever had. And instead of people conceding, okay. Yeah, this ain't as efficient or effective as what we claim that it was going to be. Okay, no. So, so here's my question: Do you think that the average person is not willing to concede because now they feel like, oh, that that makes a fool out of me? Yes. That look, so many people with this whole pandemic. I mean, they got caught with egg on their face, and man. Call it human condition, call it whatever you want to. A lot of folks don't, they have an issue with admitting that they got something wrong, especially something as disastrous as this. Um, And that's why they often double down on just absolutely atrocious, terrible policies (laughs) that were already ineffective. um, And then they do it again. It's like, oh, it didn't work the first time. Let's do it again. We'll do it more. No, that's perfect. Jill sent in a video of the Pfizer CEO. Check this cat out. Watch this guy. Uh, uh, let's see. He's... Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, okay. if any. Two doses. The three very doses limited. with a booster. Three. They offer reasonable protection reasonable. against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, in, in against deaths, I think very good, um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now, Wait, we are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, okay. that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. In March. Okay. So, so 1, 2, and 3 didn't work as well as we had hoped, but... You wait for the fourth, and we're going to be good. Yeah, 1.1 there, that that next phase that'll just specifically attack Omicron. And by the time it comes out, we'll be be on to the next variant by the time this one in particular comes out. And I love that they're all telling us still, no, you have to go get the vax. 
But the Pfizer CEO right there is telling you that this isn't effective against Omicron. We're making a completely different one. And to to Eric's point from before, not it's not only that people didn't want to be wrong, right? I think it's more that they didn't want to admit that the government lied mm. to them. That's that's a hard thing mm. to mm. look Square in the Get eye. Get used to it, kids. That's it happens. That's where we are. Every hour of every day, the government's lying to you. <sighs> I, you know, it's a shame that on Twitter you can only pin one video, one tweet at a time to your timeline. There's so many things that you gotta show your friends. You just start making a file with all these videos, and then just send it in mass, one email with 20, 30 videos. Here, here you go. Um, but that government that we do trust so much, um, it's been now revealed that the FDA was um, using race as a factor, um, trying to determine who uh, high-risk patients were. I thought that was wrong. I've been uh, educated to think that that was wrong. I don't know that we're okay with this. But um, last night, Tucker Carlson, he was talking about this. And how did they get to this point where race was a factor? It, it 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 wasn't just let's make race the the large factor in this. No, no, no. It was more sinister as far as even you know definitions. Change the language. Change. Watch this video from Tucker. But there was a problem with doing that. She explained, older Americans were too white. As dueling. Okay, you can quote, pause it for a second there. So, so originally they were going to give it to older Americans, right? The most vulnerable among us. All right, and that seems reasonable. And then that's when they realize, crap, old Americans are too white. So now what do we do? Older Americans were too white. As Dooling put it, quote, racial and ethnic minority groups are underrepresented among adults age 65 and older. And this meant, according to Dooling, they could not be allowed to get the first COVID shots, whether they needed them or not. So instead, Dooling recommended giving priority to a group the government started calling essential workers. Their main qualification was not that they were essential, but they were less white than old people. So that's what the CDC went with. Its panel overwhelmingly approved Kathleen Dooling's recommendation. None of this got a lot of notice at the time, but it was a major change. Never in American history, modern history in any case, has the federal government made it official policy to withhold life-saving medical treatment from Mm. Americans on the basis of their skin color. But that's exactly what the CDC did. Those most likely to die of COVID had to wait weeks until their vaccines were approved. How many of them died in the meantime as they waited? No one kept track of those numbers because nobody seemed to care. And because nobody cared, the trend continued. Race had become a deciding factor in the distribution of critical health care in this country. Mm, mm, mm. Or as uh, the Blazers' own uh, Jason Buttrell points out, it sounds an awful lot like rationing care. Almost sounds like the complete live system. Where have we heard that? Huh. Dark times. Dark times. Good times. Just okay. I love it though. Like this is exactly what we've warned about. Mm-hmm. Would happen. Conspiracy theorists. It's all. It's always yeah. a conspiracy yeah. until yeah. it turns true. Uh-huh. And you know, just the term conspiracy theory. Like, oh, it just can't be wrong. It has to be a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. The fact that they came out, and we we all know, right? Like these are these are the simple truths that we all know. COVID attacks the elderly more 
than anything else. 75% of the deaths. Remember that? So naturally, the first shots that, that should go to help people should be within that group. Oh, no. That's too racist. We can't, we can't do that. Okay, remember that from now on with every major medical decision mm-hmm. that the government tries to to bring forth. And and it doesn't even have to be a medical thing, right? It's just this is this is the mindset, this is the framework that the government uses for everything. Assuming the dust ever settles from this, who do you trust on the other side? I mean, you the government, the medical professionals this whole time, um Hell, the educators. No. I mean, who who's left to trust? You well, I mean, I guess that's the silver lining of it all is that people are a lot more people are more privy to kind of some of my ideas these days. Um <laughs> a lot of new libertarians, uh certainly. We are all libertarians now. Yeah, that's what ends up happening once <laughs> you, you get such a massive lie like this that has been perpetuated and it starts to impact so many folks folks' lives. But this element of race um, and this obsession, because what it is, is the obsession with with numbers and, and, and racial aspects of it. So this is why you get terms like disparity and overrepresentation, underrepresentation. And you've seen this in so many different things, something that obviously I'm a, a battle that we're fighting and on the entertainment side um, that you is really prominent there. But that's the, the fact that it's crept into sort of how we handle medicine or healthcare in this country, this goes to show that that obsession certainly runs deep. People aren't looking at things objectively, certainly anymore. They're not looking at it through the lens of what's true, what's false, uh, what's good, what's bad, what's what's just, what's righteous. They're looking at it through the lens of, um, you know, how does this impact a minority group or a majority group? And then they make a decision based upon that. And that often leads to some of the greatest human atrocities that we've seen over the course of human history. And all of those, for the most part, have been facilitated and orchestrated um, by way of uh, of the government. So when the government specifically is the one that is sort of determining those winners and uh, winners and losers, it's not some sort of organic policy by any means, because if it was and we we were looking at it through a truthful lens uh, to Jill's point. Um, you, you look at how old folk were the ones that were, if there is a demographic to pay attention to, who's being most impacted. We knew this very early on in the pandemic. It was them. Race shouldn't have had nothing to do yeah, with it. And we also knew back during the early days of the Obama administration how that Obama-Biden team mindset is toward the elderly when he was talking about, yeah, she could take a pain pill. You know, give her a pain pill. Yeah. You're, you know, we're going to ration care effectively through Obamacare. Uh, I, I love this tweet from Tiger Shark 08. <laughs> Happy 666th sixth day of the uh, start of the 15 day, 15 days to stop the spread. Uh, on that note, like <laughs> it, it is hilarious. But on that note, I want people not to forget there were a lot of folks in your in, in, in the conservative circles that that were willing to do that. And I even was having that this argument on 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 this platform and on the blaze where someone when somebody was like, oh yeah, we were like it was okay, it was just 15 days. I was like, no, 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 there's no such thing as a temporary government program, That's nonetheless. But when you give them an inch, this is what happens. You take them out, and I've I mean, there's a lot of them. I'm not gonna certainly be the one. <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one to sit up here and name drop so many people that are in these in these circles. That's not really. 
uh, certainly my thing. You can go to my show if you certainly if, <laughs> if you want to hear hear that. Me talk about you know conservatives that got this disastrously wrong, and now they want to pretend like they're on the right side of this. Like, oh, I said all along, no, you weren't. Back in March, you were scared as I don't know what advocating the same thing, and it got us to this to to this point. But so many people got that got it wrong with if, 15 days of slow to spread, and they were like, oh, it was just two weeks. If, and if then, there was yeah. one final exit ramp to keep this from spiraling out of control. It's when Trump gave in and on the pushback there when he said on Easter, you know, we'll be we'll be done. Go back. We're going to go to church, spend Easter there. Mm-hmm. And then the left, the demons from hell came out and said, whoa, whoa. And then after you that, can't it give, was you cannot control. give them an answer to me no. to Trump. I mean, he he made when he made Operation Warp Speed, I never I mean. Say what you will. He made a deal with the freaking devil uh, <laughs> when he made those deals with those pharmaceutical companies. And it got us in this mess uh, right now. There's a lot of stuff that a lot. It's not me uh, or just me saw the writing on the wall. And we were like, no, 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 don't 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 do it. Don't do it. And then we did it. And now here we are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, two years in the slow to spread. Uh-huh. So, Joe, you had mentioned how the government is changing their tune on so much now stuff is coming out um they actually you know right now it's the with covid and from covid thing and we actually heard from uh rochelle walensky yesterday on that we actually got a a number from her to to kind of uh look at these um these uh, totals in a in a different uh, filter. So this is fun. So we've got some good clips from her that we're gonna get to. And uh, what's next? What 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 are they gonna change on next? It's fascinating and terrifying to watch. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. So much. I mean, so. So much, including your tweets uh, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where Tobin for Pope campaign sends us this note. The Pfizer CEO is basically telling us that we just need to wait until March for him to release the Windows ME version of COVID-19 vaccines uh, to deal with the bugs. So that's that's a nice analogy there. Pastor Sam, how much you want to bet within the next year we're going to be vaccinating ourselves against a runny nose? feeling that way it's feeling that way uh the steve 42 it's not racist or discrimination it's equity now doesn't equity sound like a really nice word just keep saying equity and thought crime fugitive the catastrophic handling of covid is not a bug it's a feature none of this was the product of ignorance uh incompetence or misinterpretation all of this has been the product of malevolence yes and i am so glad tyler this crossed my mind during our discussion and i'm so glad you tweeted this out uh the tyler morgan um the federal government has withheld life-saving treatments based on race before uh it's called the uh tuskegee syphilis study zero black alabamans were given penicillin to save their lives and let's also note that this was after the government gave them syphilis oh has there ever been a point in time, Eric, when we could trust our government? No. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I just, just set I, put that, that. I put that on a no. tee. It's no. like a beach ball on a tee. No, you Here's should a never bomb trust these, these, these idiots. But yeah. unfortunately, people have, and that's, mm, that's... I mean, I guess they... Here. 
that's what is required of them. And by them, I'm referring to, like, I guess these agents of the state. That's what's required (laughs) of them to be able to exist in the same in the capacity that they exist is for people to believe that they are at least somewhat trustworthy, responsible and uh, even well intended. I think maybe the latter is the most important part of that because they get to screw up as many times as they possibly can, but because people think that, well, they intended to do well, um, it's okay. <laughs> right, it's not right. okay. No, it's never no, okay. No, I, I, uh, we need results-based, uh, <laughs> not not uh, feeling. And, and But that's the thing. The government doesn't operate. It's what people look at it from an economic standpoint, mm-hmm. seriously, because us in, in a marketplace, whether you're a business owner or whatever, you – are going to be defined by how well you do whatever that is, whether it be a service that you're providing, a good you're providing, a serving, whatever it is. Whereas to the government, it's, it doesn't operate like that. For one, they're operating with money that isn't theirs. It's still, <laughs> f- still from everybody, oh, be it fun. through taxation or future generations. Um, that's how they get their money. So they're not having to earn anything uh, by any means, which is why they get to continuously screw up. Have you seen the track record of your beloved federal government? And you can see the trillions of dollars worth of debt. Of course, if a private (laughs) business owner operated like that, they would have been long uh, gone a long time ago. But the government is not only going to continue, they're going to ask for more money as they do every single fiscal year to continue to screw up, but they have zero incentive. So look at it from an economic standpoint. They have zero incentive. When you're operating with money that isn't yours, you don't have to earn. You get either way. What incentive do you have to actually do right? None. I'm I'm with you. Speaking of those agents of the state, one of them, Rochelle Walensky, was uh, sitting down. I'm sure you've seen the clip by now uh, from Friday with Brett Baer. So let's set this up. This is Brett Baer with Rochelle Walensky, and they're talking about this uh, discussion of with COVID and from COVID is hospital admissions. Right. But I guess, do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, Yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to Mm. and uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, And of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. Okay, well, it takes a few weeks, huh? Takes a few weeks. He was asking for all of the deaths, not just the last few weeks. But anyhow. They're asking the questions, and she says, yeah, we'll get you that, okay? And, and I thought Stu made a great point on Glenn's show yesterday when he said, we've spent $6.6 trillion on COVID, and you can't even tell us which deaths are from COVID and which deaths are with COVID. I mean, this is the incompetency. Well, mm. you know what? No, no, no. no. no I'm, I'm going to take that back. This is by design set up by this government who has now overplayed their hand. And now they're trying to figure out a way out of it so that Biden and the rest of the party doesn't look bad in an election year. Nope. Uh, okay, so Walensky still making the rounds. <laughs> and she is out there yesterday. And uh, here's what she had to say to that. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. Four. 75% of the deaths of people who had COVID had a minimum of four comorbidities. I, that's not to say three, two, one. I, so 
Why why are they doing this now, guys? Why are they finally starting to to to, <laughs> to speak in those different terms? That didn't take her weeks, by the way. It took her a weekend. Seventy-five percent. Yeah, that is what would if people went to look at it, I guess went out of their way to look at the stuff. I mean, I will say that the CDC, they're so cocky that they had been providing this information and it had been available. That you can just go directly to cdc.gov, mess around with some of those tables, it's bam, yeah. and and it's right there, and you'll see exactly what it is that they're what she is she is talking about. But that just goes to show that this had nothing to do with health, and this perspective was not anything that they were ever really, uh, not the media at least, were going to actually put to the forefront when they had those death counters and those tickers there. I think. If they did that, of course, people wouldn't have freaked out as much. Maybe people would have took something into their maybe their own hands uh, and, and been more proactive in trying to maybe get healthy, limit some of these comorbidities that a lot mm. of them have that, um, again, are, are a lot of uh, are self-inflicted wounds. Um, definitely when you consider uh, obesity and, and, and some of those issues there, it's not genetics. It's because you won't stop eating. <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> on a serious note, if you if people went out of their way to go look at that, they would have saw that. But not just the CDC, all these little agents of the state, they depend upon you not even trying to look below the surface of what they tell you. Because if you saw the numbers in perspective, if you saw the ages, if you saw the the, the comorbidities, you wouldn't be freaking out in the way that you are. All they will do is just provide you a little ticker and say, mm-hmm. hey, look at all these people dying. Mm-hmm. Listen, you could you could go out and you could see the numbers for yourself. But if you tweeted them, if you put them on Facebook, if you put them on any social media, that's misinformation. Mm-hmm. Even if it came directly from the CDC. We've right. seen this so many times. They're like, these numbers, it's like it's a chart from the CDC website. And Twitter will be like, misinformation, because it's not something that they wanted to get out and why does it change now well we have midterms coming up exactly yeah you, you can't you can't have the economy going the way that it's going everybody's still locked down from covid you know name anything that joe biden has done well that the democrats have done well you have to position yourself to to come through and, and have at least somewhat of a chance to to compete in some of these districts that yeah. for all of the midterms coming up it's it's going to be interesting to see this political game in an election year being played by the left at the same time realizing that we hope that that their their time that window is is rapidly closing on what they can cram through it's going to be an interesting dichotomy uh, over the next 12 months yeah they they did what they needed to do they got trump out of office right everything after that was then just government overreach let's get Mm -hmm. as much as we possibly can in this two-year time frame and and now you know they're they're making a shift a little earlier because i think that they they overreached so far and and scared people so much uh from from that really you know one and a half two years that they've that they've been pushing yeah so i mean you had brett bear pushing walensky on the death numbers and, you know, with COVID, from COVID. Well, now you've got Jake Tapper. We got two days in a row of Jake Tapper uh, asking questions of this government. How dare he? And uh, here was uh, what he was talking about. So the hospitals are still stretched thin because of this. So I'm not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID 
don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They get, they're there because, right. um, you know, they, they bump their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, Jake. It surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. <laughs> I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olensky is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen, uh, sort of sort of tracks with what she said. But out of all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57%, these are COVID patients, admitted because of or complications from COVID, 43% admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> I want to pull out my hair. Right. I mean, what what do you do when you see that? And they they just decided today we're going to tell the truth. (laughs) We've known this for so long. But I want to pull out Sanjay Gupta. I've got a question. Why? Why are they? uh, That seems misleading. And just take him from Joe Rogan. Right. When he was on there and then he backtracked after that. He was like, okay, we'll we'll go through and we'll say the real (laughs) things because I'm being confronted by Rogan. And then he gets back to CNN and is like, oh, just kidding, just kidding. Anything that I said over there, uh, my overlords told me that I I can't actually come out and say that. Uh, Before I forget, Rochelle Walensky um, yesterday was asked about the um, uh, Sotomayor quote, or maybe it was last week, last Friday, I don't know. Um, We played the clip of Sotomayor being an idiot saying that there were 100,000 kids um, in the hospital with COVID nationwide. Most of them on ventilators. Right, exactly. Um, Walensky herself said, no, nah, it's about 3,500. So, I mean, Sotomayor was like 96.5% off. It was, it was so close, close right though. There, right <laughs> so there. close. Okay. Uh, all right, I got to tell you about Omega XL. Um, I'm fascinated by this stat, too, here. Uh, 360 joints from your neck down each vertebrae in your back to your arms, hips, knees, and feet. 360. I think about 348 of mine have uh, ached at at one point or another. Um, I mean, these joints go through it all. Uh, Daily activities, the beating they take. That's why your joints hurt constantly and uh, ruin your sleep. I know Pat takes Omega XL. Uh, he, I think he had a doctor or something that wanted to give him injections or whatever. And he's like, eh, I'm going to do some Omega XL. And, uh, he talks about how his elbow pain, uh, m- went away with, uh, taking Omega XL. Um, so I, this is a fun stat from, from Omega XL as well. When we're young, our bodies produce SPMs. I know I'm not young, man. Uh, nature's way of keeping joints healthy as we age, we don't produce enough of them. And that's why we get the pain. And that's what Omega XL restores, those SPMs. Rejuvenate your joints and help you feel young again. Uh, if you order Omega XL, you get a second bottle free. OmegaXL.com slash Pat. OmegaXL.com slash Pat. Or they have uh, an easy phone number you could use. 1-800-844-4888. 1-800-844-4888. Omega XL. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. I think we have time for a game here. Let's see if uh, Eric wants to play a game. Would you like to play a game over there? If it's not Saw, uh, (laughs) I guess, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to play a game. It's called How Many Vodkas Did Nancy Consume? 
And so why don't you give the old uh, the the vodka wheel a spin there, and let's see how many. Come on, be a man. There you go. And let's see how many vodkas did Nancy a uh, two. So she consumed two when she put her makeup on the other day. Take a look at this video uh, from Sunday morning. Uh, she was. What the uh, Republicans are doing across whoa, the country whoa. is really a, a legislative continue, continuation of what they did on January 6th, uh -huh. which is to undermine our democracy, oh, shut uh, up. to Too much uh, undermine the <laughs> integrity of our elections, uh, to uh, undermine the, uh, the, the voting it. power, which is the essence it. of a democracy. She looks like, uh, there we go. As, uh, did you, I mean, it's the Tucker Carlson clip. Let's give Tucker credit yeah, exactly, for this. Exactly. Tucker Carlson pointed out last <sighs> night that they had video of Michael Jackson uh, still alive and among us. And uh, Oh, man. That's good. I mean, it might be the greatest single clip that I've ever seen on Tucker Carlson, which is saying a lot. <laughs> but when I, I saw that and I just, I lost it. It was, it was so, mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, I love that. Spin that wheel again, uh, the uh, the vodka wheel, and let's see how many vodkas did Nancy consume before this next clip. Um, oh, Ooh, three. 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 Okay, so um, it took the Democrats a little while to get around to honoring Harry Reid. Okay, because they, they're like, oh, crap, Harry Reid died, but look, don't derail our plans for January 6th, y'all. We will get to Harry Reid after we have this ridiculous uh, showcase of January 6th stuff. So she's speaking at this Remembering Harry Reid, and here's that special Paul moment. and I, who, love Landra, who loves Landra and loves uh, Harry, uh. send you our personal sympathy and love. Okay. God truly blessed America with the life and legacy of Harry Reid. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Okay. But you can see the hold Botox on. wasn't hold on. Hold Oh, no! Boy, she recovered okay, though, huh? She's doing okay. She, she recovered, but that was a interesting dismount. But with the eyebrows, you can see the Botox didn't, you know, click right. in for that clip as it as it did she for the for the Michael Jackson lookalike. Right, right. So, hold on, hold on. Can you pause it on that last one, the Harry Reid one? Let's pause it and, and let's see her face real quick. I want to analyze this because that was, I think, Friday or Saturday night. When she was at the Harry Reid thing, and then the other was Sunday morning. Do we not have a freeze frame on the Harry Reid one? Because I'm wondering if between the two events, oh, yeah. she definitely went. It's tough to see there, but, uh, huh. Oh, yeah. Those, Interesting I mean, theory. The eyebrows. Oh, oh, honey. She's not doing well. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, the before and after. I think it's exactly what that was. Good call. <laughs> I, these people, I mean... That's why I'm here. We have Nancy Pelosi eyebrow talk. This is we knew this is what we were going to be getting into this week on the Blaze. Incredible leadership in this nation, which is why we're doing so well, obviously, uh, in all areas. And I'm so happy that she can still trade stocks, and it's all it's all well and good. <laughs> hey, no, no hey, worries. Hey, you just find out what her husband is investing in. Follow suit and you make the case. I'm I'm just saying. By the way, happy for her. Uh, I, really. Uh, we have an update on another uh, blunder of Joe Biden's coming up. Pat Gray unleashed. Pat Gray is out with COVID. 
We wish you a speedy recovery, sir. Uh, I'm Keith Malinak here with Eric July and Jill Savage, Blaze contributors, helping me through this week. I appreciate it very much. Uh, we had a heavy hour number one, I think it's fair to say. Um, laying it down, some truth on the government. Ain't that right, Eric? You know it. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. That's right. Man. Okay, so here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, let's have a little light story to start out hour two. What do you think? Okay, because this is, uh, my goodness, this is a story out of Newberry Township, Pennsylvania, where police officers were surprised when they found a live deer in the trunk of a car during a traffic stop. Um, this is uh, on January 6th. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, according to a report, uh, officers stopped the vehicle around midnight. They suspected the driver of being under the influence when the officers noticed a live animal in the back of the vehicle. The driver and passenger told officers that they had struck the deer with the vehicle before placing it in the hatchback of the car. Of course, like, what else are you going to do? Uh, however, after a short time, they realized that the deer was still alive, but they continued to drive. This is so awesome. We actually have footage from inside this vehicle where they were transporting this deer that they thought was dead. Watch this. That guy might not call us. Can't believe he called me a psycho. Hey, were you in there just now? You are a psycho. Good God. And comb your hair. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say you did much better. Thought you were so cool. Uh-oh. Watch and learn, Uh-oh. he says. Well, See? I was watching. Know what, what I happened? saw? <laughs> oh, no. The deer's still alive, y'all. <laughs> it's alive, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there you go. And that's uh, just from inside the vehicle in Newberry Township. So, so you hit a deer, mm-hmm. and you and your passenger decide, what, what should we do? We should put it in our car. Yeah. That's a good idea. Let's uh, let's take it home with us. Well, I mean, you take dead animals to the vet. I mean, do you? Why not? I'd I mean, you could. You to the vet. Or <laughs> it could just... just Stay where it was, and I don't know. I mean, somebody will take care of it. Take you to the... Sorry, I'm, I'm just over here <laughs> quoting Tommy Boy. Uh, but anyhow, that's... Uh, oof. Now, they did actually take the driver in, still on suspicion of drunk driving. So it's not like they were like, oh... But, well, you, you see the, the deer in the car, and you're like, you didn't, you didn't rationally think this was a good idea. There's, there's some impaired judgment here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess congrats to the deer... Who it looked like from the images from the cops just jumped out of the car and took off as opposed to what happened in the video footage. That was a more tragic event there. Um, I want to talk about uh, the national championship game briefly okay. uh, from last night. Uh, congratulations, University of Georgia. Stetson Bennett, their quarterback. I just love this kid. We may never see him play again because he's not going to be drafted most likely. Probably not even, maybe signed as an unrestricted free. It'd be a great backup to Matt Ryan. What do you think, huh? Okay. I I love this kid. Tell us briefly this story from, you know, walk on to national champion. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, I've covered sports for, what, 13 or 14 years now. So the national championship game, college football is my favorite thing. Like, there's nothing better in life than than college football for me. So Stetson Bennett, uh, I went all around the, the SEC this fall for uh, for college football. I was at the SEC championship game. So mm. got, got to see him up close and personal a couple different times this season. Now, JT Daniels was the starting quarterback. He was a transfer out of USC. He took over the job at the end of last season. He was the starter week one. 
JT Daniels went out with an injury. So Stetson Bennett comes in. Of course, Georgia, they have a great defense. They don't really have to rely on their offense as soon as Stetson comes in. Things are all good. Georgia's dominant. And then the weeks go on, and this walk-on quarterback keeps playing, right? He was a former walk-on, of course, now has he, a scholarship. What, what was and, he fourth on the depth chart? Or yeah, something? so even at the beginning of the season, Georgia opened the season against Clemson and was not even the backup quarterback mm-hmm. at that point in time for, for week one. Um, and so, you know, JT Daniels, the five-star, is just sitting on the bench then week after week mm-hmm. after week. And from inside the program, they loved Stetson Bennett. They yeah. just loved his demeanor. Everybody in the locker room would rally around him. I love it. Uh, and, and He was crying uh, on the sideline last night yeah, at the end of the game. So great. But week after week, I kept going like, oh, guys... <laughs> Do you really think oh. that JT is going to be sitting on the bench and Stetson is going to be the guy that is going to lead you to a national championship? Do you really <laughs> think in that moment that he's going to be able to pull it out? And let me tell you, for three and a half quarters, I was still kind of thinking <laughs> last that. Night, yeah. for, for Georgia last night, yeah. everybody, I mean, Joel Klatt there with Fox was tweeting out, like, why is JT Daniels sitting on the bench? If he can walk right now, yeah. he should be in there because he had that that fumble that nobody actually knew was going to be called a fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alabama took over at the 19-yard line. But uh, I'm so great. he I'm came so great. back yeah. and, and was able to produce one of the best drives never quit. that we've seen in quite some time, he'll he'll go down as a legend. Oh yeah, forever. Oh yeah, now yeah, so yeah. it's it's one of those things where you couldn't really even make a movie about it I because it. it's so unrealistic. And, and I fell in love with him, especially during the the media uh, gathering a couple days before the game, where he talked about his flip phone, which. I don't know. After this clip, I want to hire Stetson Bennett as my life coach if uh, if there's no more football in his future. Oh, I love this clip. Watch this. They actually still sell them at Verizon stores. Apparently, a lot of old people still use them. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just in, um, I guess it was June or July, I went and um, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I had a bunch of school coming up the next semester. I had football. I was like, you know, I spend, you know, whatever, an hour on my smartphone a day doing what? Doing nothing. <laughs> nothing that's going to help me. I don't even remember what I just did. <laughs> right? Um, so I was like, and I've thought about this before. i thought about it for years. Um, and I was like, well, I've got all this stuff to do, all this important stuff. Um, let's try not to let anything get in the way of that focus and just go get a flip phone. Um, you know, I still have a a laptop and a tablet for email and, you know, anything important like that um, that I can use. Um, and I'll just use my cell phone for texting calls. And, you know, one pain in the butt is I got to, like, carry around a notepad to write down stuff because I use my notes app and my iPhone a lot back in the day. But, um, you know, it was strictly just... Uh, so good uh, to help me out um, with with time management and you know wasting time. I mean, that's awesome. But is it practical? Could you live without your smartphone, Eric July? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I really wanted to, I guess. But I mean, uh, just so much work I do from the phone. Uh, you could be so it's, productive. It's, 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 that's what we all tell ourselves. Well, right? that's true. I need it. I work from my phone. That's true. I. I 
I I love that clip and I hate the thought all at the same time. So there's a flip phone where you could text too. Like I, he's not having to do like you know hit the number you know three, three times. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know what I mean for a letter. Uh, yeah. If there's a flip phone you can text, I might be in. I don't know. Then someone just came out with one. I feel like. Okay. I think that was a flip phone that that like was has a full mother. full keypad. Yeah, we've, like my mother. We've evolved to no, that. No, seriously, I think my mother because she was just talking about this, not to <laughs> not it. even joking, like not even joking. I was like. Why did you get that phone? Because my mother's not like some low tech person, and she was like, uh, "I wanted it. I wanted the the phone." I was like, "Why did you get that? Why did you even? Why did you even get that?" She was like, "She wanted it, so she got it." Okay, that's incredible. Uh, whatever, uh, but I I don't know who it was. Yeah, it's, uh, you better text her. Uh, Samsung flip phone. That's what she said. I guess they had came out with one. It's uh, got a uh, keyboard. I, I guess. Uh oh. Um, I said, "What made you get that?" She said, "I wanted a smaller phone. Um, it's not like the old school ones." Uh, when it when it's open, the screen is the same size and format as as her as her oh. old phone. So apparently, Samsung came out with like okay. a flip phone that is like I guess modernized. All right, um, all right, I'm whatever. listening. So that's an option. <laughs> I might uh, I might look into that. That's, <laughs> that's whew, that's good stuff there. Now, I have seen the future when it comes to football, professional football. I'm pretty sure I know who's going to win the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I figured it out. Okay. We going to Vegas here quick? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, well, in that vein, let's go Bengals. Uh, okay. So uh, it's it's not it's not Cincinnati. It's it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I know I'm going out on a limb saying the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. I figured it out. Figured it out. I've got this story here, and it hit me. Listen to this story from uh, Life and Style. Who am I? You read that every day. Every every freaking day. day. That's why I have a smartphone. Is because I subscribed to Life and Style. Um, let's see. They report that things have cooled off between Aaron Rodgers and uh, Shailene Woodley. Is that her name? Did I pronounce that right? Sure. I don't know. While the couple seemed head <laughs> over heels forte. for one another after announcing their surprise engagement last year, sightings of them together have dwindled over the past few months. What? How long ago did the NFL season start? A few months ago. A few months ago. So... I know the moment that he got his head clear. It he was probably Aaron Rodgers was probably struggling in this relationship during that opening day game. Remember the opening day game? Miss football over here? Yep. Played the Saints? Not great. They lost 38 to 3. Not 38. Great. Then they went on to win 13 of their next 15 games. I some somewhere after the Saints game opening day. No more girl troubles. See? See? So So he's going to win the Super Bowl now. So, well, I mean, as long as he doesn't try to, you know, patch things up between now and early February. I'm just saying. I'm, there you go. There's your there's your lead pipe lock. The, if it's not broke, pipe. don't fix it. <laughs> that's right. So Keep things You don't like the status quo. You're, you're, you're not on the same page with me over there? I don't like the Packers, so... <laughs> Are you a Cowboys fan? Is well, this a Dallas Cowboys shirt or just I'm, the I'm, city of Dallas? It's the colors. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's... Dallas everything. If I am to pay attention to any sport, it was always going to be Stars, Mavericks, so, so Rangers. Do you FC have Dallas. much hope for the Cowboys in the playoffs? Mm. The longest drought for an NFC team from the NFC Championship game have not appeared, which is stunning to say, considering when I was a kid, they were a complete and total dynasty. Yeah. It's been a while. So, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Dak that a lot of other people oh, are. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Never have been. Thought he was some 
I, I always thought he was sorely overrated. <laughs> Hell, actually, I think that year when he had, um, you know, him did his, that rookie season, yeah. should have threw Romo back in there. Oh, um, nice. That, that's my position. I will stand firm on that <laughs> uh, for sure. But, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, so I can't quite trust in him to lead us to a to a Super Bowl. We get the nostalgic matchup of the 49ers and Cowboys this true. weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I guess, is renewed because um, I hate the freaking 49ers. <laughs> As you should. As I'm, if, I'm supposed to. You ha- right? you have to. It's that's ra- that's in the blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I guess they would say the same thing about us in the nineties. I mean I was gonna say that's where dynasties really <laughs> clashed was yeah. the 49ers were on their way out when the Cowboys were on their way up and then of course the Packers were in there mm-hmm. as well at the same time. So anyhow, looking forward to the NFL playoffs. Very strange this year with the three Saturday games, two Sunday games, and a Monday night football playoff game. But I would I would absolutely love it. I'd be okay if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won just because of Aaron Rodgers and his stance oh, this yeah. year. Oh, oh, so yes. so then you would go back to last season. Tom Brady winning and not wearing a mask on the podium, right? Like masks were still like, hey, everybody, if you could, like, mm-hmm. please do this. And Tom Brady's like, I'm good. Don't don't yeah. worry about me. Right. So you, we get that <laughs> in the middle of COVID, like peak COVID. Right. Uh-huh. And then Aaron Rodgers this uh-huh. year with the vaccine. Yeah. I, I think this is it's, it's going against weeks. all of the NFL narratives and, and just what the country wants to project Overall, and isn't that great? The way Major League Baseball picked on the city of Atlanta because of Georgia's vote. Which, by the way, we've got to get into this. Listen to this headline. This is a story from. Uh, uh, let's see. This is uh, just the news. Let's see. Uh, this is John Solomon. Anyway, oh, one year after disputed uh, 2020 election, many practices that riled conservatives, um, they're still in effect. Like so many aspects of like the Georgia law, for example, still haven't gone into practice. It's frustrating. And it goes through state after state. That's madness. But uh, they picked on the, the state of Georgia, took away the All-Star game. So what they do? They won the World Series. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the same thing might happen here. Aaron Rodgers not getting vaxxed. You can uh, not vote for me for MVP because you have a, a political view about uh, my personal choice. And uh, I mean, I'm rooting for him. You know, let's go. Ah, anyway, so that's your uh, that's your that's your lock. There is the Packers, um, as long as he just stays focused. There, Aaron. Okay, so I talked about we, you know another blunder, uh, which was Joe Biden in Afghanistan, because I contend the administration needed a win. They were desperate, and so they're like, ah, just pull the plug on Afghanistan. And and in the chaos, you know, there was uh, a mad rush. There's still there's still so many people there that are trapped that need to get out and god bless organizations like our own mercury one but um you you know the iconic video of the baby being handed over to the soldiers over the wall there we have look at that so so now the baby is on the safe side of the wall at the airport when we come back we can take a break we've got an update on that baby we know its whereabouts because it's been missing since august been completely missing we now know, and it, and it does have a happy ending, so that's good. Um, but they finally tracked it down. We're going to get to that next here on Pack Ray Unleashed. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Keith, Eric, and Jill in for Pat. 
who is uh, under the Omicron right now. Uh, hopefully he is back here 100% very soon. I uh, get to feeling better, sir. Uh, we got your tweets here, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Send them over that way. I'm a licking butter. Says, uh, somebody tell Nancy, when you can see your eyebrows in your peripheral vision, it's time to put down the eyebrow pencil. <laughs> uh, meandering malcontent. With the name Stetson Bennett, he sounds like he ought to be playing for Yale or Harvard, not Without Georgia. a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nicole Archer. The government can't track flip phones the way they can track smartphones. Uh-oh. I think <laughs> I was just pushed over the edge on that one. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to play now. Joe, you got a tweet over there from someone? Is yeah. Right? The deplorable Mr. Jackwagon says, I live not far from the deer incident oh. on January 6th. Uh-huh. We are now calling January 6th the day Democracy. Almost died. Almost died and then popped out of a trunk and ran away to live a happy life. That's ah, that's a fun story there. Okay. You remember the, uh, the Afghan baby that was rescued there and we showed the video, if you'd forgotten from last August, of the... Uh, it was handed to our soldiers at the top of that wall there at the uh, Kabul airport. And we thought, man, what a what a what a what a video! What a great story! That kid is out of there, and everything's great. Well, I don't know how this happened. I have no idea. But in the chaos that ensued, the family actually made it around. You know, made it through the line because they didn't want their baby to be crushed. That's why they handed it up there because of the crowd and stuff. Well, the family ended up making it out and are now living in Michigan. The baby was apparently located at the airport, abandoned by itself there by, I guess, a taxi cab driver who lives there in the area. And uh, he said the baby was lying on the ground in very bad shape. I looked around. I showed the child to people. Um, Nobody uh, could find anyone related to him. And so he brought the child back home. They've been taking care of this baby for months. And finally, they found the grandfather. Okay. And it wasn't just a simple, here's the baby grandfather. First of all, they were attached to it. Um, but they wanted to be reimbursed 950 American dollars for the care that they had provided for this child over that time, which seems like a bargain as a father of three. But... They finally got it worked out, and I guess the baby is going to now be reunited with the family in Michigan once they can work that out. But it just, it just, it, it shows you the chaos. And we talked about earlier about how, how can you trust this government during this time of crisis for the past two years? Crisis. They're changing their tune in an election year, just like clockwork. The calendar changes, and now they're starting to admit some of the things that we have been banned from Twitter and other spaces for saying. And if you are anybody in the world, after what happened in Afghanistan, how do you trust the United States of America in any context after Biden's rapid withdrawal that that led to this ensuing chaos and the Taliban basically being out of power for 20 years and now, oh, it's ours again. 
if you're an ally or a prospective ally, we, we don't trust our government domestically. Countries have no reason to trust us uh, internationally now. I, I, I just, what is the state of this government? I know it's rhetorical, but it's like, what part of this government do you trust at this point? Is there any part of this government, top down, anywhere in between, that you're like, yep, I totally trust them? And, and before you say the military, which I love, I adore our troops, these mandates are rapidly getting good people out of the service. And they are leaving behind people who will just roll up their sleeve and not question authority. And, and I'm terrified at the what's going to be left of our military once they're done doing what they're doing to it right now. So while I love the individuals in the military, uh, the leadership of it is very questionable with these mandates and the punishments. What's left? What, who do we trust? Who do we trust that's, that's in any way connected to our government? I know your answer, Eric. So hold that thought. <laughs> Honestly, is there any part do you go, oh, yeah, I totally trust the department of fill in the blank? No, I, I don't trust any of the departments <laughs> of anything. Um, but I would say that the one of the more concerning things with the military um, is just from from the absolute top, right? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs with Mark Milley, and he was coming right. out and saying white rage and all this like... Right. Man, what's left? Yes. And, and it was it was interesting because I had I worked um, an Air Force game at Army, so I interviewed Mark Milley when he was the top general in the Army. He was just there at the game. That's all part of the CBS broadcast at the time. And I was just like, I always thought of him as like, oh, that was really that was a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> fast forward, and you see. He's just like everybody else, right? We know that Obama got rid of all of the good generals, and this right. is kind of what was left. Right. And he's promoted now and chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and and it's just one of those and things that it's they like... they are teaching the military that's still... You, you like have no choice. When, Who, what when are they this learning? is the top, that's, that's what is going to be taught to everybody. If, if that's what your, your commander is doing... It's literally, it's over. They're teaching them CRT and they're paying for transgender surgeries. And it's by design, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you need the entire 20 seconds, Eric. Is there any part of the. No. <laughs> no. No part of it. No part of it. What's a state, local? No. Oh, no? especially. Is no. there a county? Is there a. No. Is there a mayor somewhere, no. like in a small town? No. That, Sheriff, well, I'm maybe? pretty sure there's like some small town. There's a librarian. Like, like a dog that's, there's a, a, librarian, that's a mayor or something. Right? Yeah, like yeah that. a dog I, that's a mayor. Yes. And I would, I, would, I would trust a dog. Pat Gray returns. Yeah, I thought I was going to have a better kick to it. Put that away. Okay, uh, Steve, who listens, Pathead Steve, I think he's found a government employee that he trusts. I said, an employee, like one, like there's a mailman, wherever Steve lives, says he's a pretty good guy. So, just, I wanted you know, there's somebody out there. Uh, Uncle Jimmy makes an observation. Is it me or does uh, Keith's laptop look like it fell from the moon? Uh, is there tape holding that thing together? Um... Maybe there is, uh, Uncle Jimmy, but um, uh, it's. Uh, I just did the math. I found a file on here because I was I was trying to figure out how long have I had this thing, and uh, it's pushing five years. 
So I appreciate... Uh, I, I'm grateful for, for the equipment that is provided for me here at The Blaze. But, uh, yeah, is that is that pretty old uh, as far as computer years? Five? That, no? Uh, I guess it's getting up there. Five to seven, maybe-ish, mm. in that range. is. Wow. I don't know. That's typically what my PCs last. And just for the record, it has not fallen from the moon. It has fallen from a backpack. <laughs> Almost the moon. <laughs> so close. I could see how you could get that confused. Right, right. Now, um, we posted a poll during this program yesterday. Who's lost it more upstairs? Joe Biden or Alec Baldwin. Do we have the poll results here? I printed this up before. The, oh, here we go. There wow. We go. So 87 to 13 in favor of Joe Biden has lost it more upstairs. I don't know. I mean, right now, Alec Baldwin, every video he makes, I doubt that man's sanity. I doubt his sanity as well, but there is still some cognitive function some going on there. That's true. That's true. There's still some wires that are firing off up there <laughs> yeah so not so much for the other guy yeah joe biden we're not even a year into this experience by the way i'd like to point out um but uh yes you've seen probably on social media for the last few days it's gotten some attention of the pilot for american airlines who was waiting to board his flight and he had uh the button uh on his own personal luggage there it is and it's a uh, it says, let's go, Brandon. And then you've got this uh, Karen who did not appreciate. And so she took to Twitter, hey, American Air, y'all cool with your pilots displaying this kind of cowardly rhetoric on their crew luggage when they're in uniform about to fly a plane? We are not the only passengers who noticed. And we're disgusted. <sighs> and then they're at some airport about the board of flight and whatever. Um, that's, I don't know, I'm more inclined to fly American Airlines after seeing that myself. Uh, there's no fallout from that, right? I mean, they, American apologized, right? They didn't say, it's his personal luggage, back off, Karen, here's a voucher so you can go chill at the bar, nothing like that. No, that, the apology, the apology came through, but also what kind of society do we live in that somebody can have like a sticker or a button or whatever you want to call that on his luggage and people are like, you don't agree 100% with me. I'm right? sorry. Why do you think you're qualified to fly my airplane? I got news I, for it's her. A, it's That's a sticker. That's not the first anti-Biden pilot that she's flown on a plane with. It, just the fact that, that he is not shy about showing that, that's what's upset her. Yeah, more than anything. I mean, I think... It, the fact that they still po apologize to me is a problem. Right. I mean, other people may disagree with that. The company. Fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think it really does go to show. And I think these are the things that you point to to see kind of who actually is in control. Um, it's bottom line, if that guy had a sticker that said BLM mm -hmm. uh whatever, there would have been virtually no apology or anything. And she would have tweeted out praise. Uh, of course. And American Airlines probably would have liked it. Yeah, or something retweeted like that. Yeah, uh -huh. it, it, exactly. And that's how you know that they're winning, at least there, because of that. They, they control what's the acceptable rhetoric, what's the acceptable part of the conversation, um, and what, what is deemed as more an acceptable position uh, to have. I um, mean, that's just another reminder of that. Absolutely, and and it's it's amazing how these airlines, and not just airlines, these companies are so tone deaf to their customer base. But at the same time, we keep 
using their products. So what does that say? Well, about yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, right? I'm fighting in the entertainment space right, um, yes. right now. Seriously, mm-hmm. like that's... Um, EricDJuly.com. Yes, that's the battle that we have been... I've been fighting in the music space forever. I'm one of the few guys that is a open, like, obviously libertarian in the metalcore space. It's none of us. It's just me and Phil Abonte of all that remains, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, everybody else is a raging leftist. Um, but no, we, we're fighting this fight right now in entertainment, trying to wean people off of that. So we stop subsidizing people that hate us. Um, I think that it's a little different with airlines, uh, but at least in the entertainment space, I think it's a lot more optional than flying around and trying to wean people off of that is a battle. I think certainly worth fighting. And if we're going to win culturally, that's what we have to do. I have a question for you, Jill, because you are surrounded in the sports space, okay? And one of the leaders at this point, after, I guess, being dragged into it, and now now they're a self-proclaimed leader, I guess, of the social justice movement, and it's these it's sports. It's professional leagues especially, okay? And and it's it's in the college ranks too. At least from our perspective at home with the remote. When you're actually at these teams, and you don't have to discuss any specific teams or any leagues or whatever, but when you're actually in their space, right? And I have no idea how you're going to answer this. Do you find that they typically agree with the social justice movement or are they just like yeah yeah we're we're going along with it you know what what kind of attitude when the cameras are off and the commercials aren't rolling on the west coast when i was there they absolutely agreed Mm -hmm. with it it was lockstep with everything and i would just kind of nod and say okay you know like i'm in a (laughs) professional space i'm not there to argue right my politics with them uh, and then I went through the SEC this football season. <laughs> Way <laughs> different. Uh, everywhere that we would go, I mean, the the messaging, it was people out on the town. The whole experience could not have been more different uh, than the life that I had had mm-hmm. on the West Coast for the previous however many years. It's just like it a was completely different. Thing, it huh? was Exactly. And I would say, you know, obviously a lot of college kids are still going to be leaning left and they don't want to offend Mm -hmm. anyone. And we should give them all their personal space and they can do whatever they want with their own lives. And and there is there's a lot of that. Really? 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 Is that accurate? Can we do whatever we want with our own lives? Is that that include a vaccine or or a button on a or a button on a bag bag? (laughs) Like. You can't. Uh-huh. You can go through and be like, "Oh, she's so brave that she's transitioning into a man." But if you put a button on a bag, right? Whoa! Stop it right Make there. It stop. Uh, Joe Biden's America. Here we are, twenty twenty two. Speaking of Joe Biden's America, I want to point out um, over the weekend, someone tagged me on Twitter, and uh, this is taken at a North Texas Starbucks, and. This this hits close to home in more ways than one. I've seen this, something like this at different businesses. Look at this sign that says uh, uh, on the menu at the Starbucks, it says no soy or oat milk, no hot drinks, because we have no cups, no whip, and I don't know why we're open either. Sorry. That is, in a nutshell, what so many are experiencing in this country right now. During this Joe Biden era, 
Let's go, Brandon. And I go, Brandon. I agree. He agrees too. I mean, <laughs> right? That's. I mean that it's a it's it, we we found a a commonality with Joe Biden. We both agree with that phrase. Let's go, Brandon. Have you guys seen? Because I've seen this. I've seen stuff like this all over the place. Signs like this, um, uh, empty shelves at Walmart all the time. Are you guys? Am I the only person seeing this? Yeah, I I've seen this. And actually, I was reading a story on Twitter that the hashtag Bear Shelves Biden was tweeting uh. on Sunday night, and I. I had just pulled this story up and my sister actually texted me a picture when she was at a Walmart with bare shelves. Um, she's back in Iowa. And I was just like, oh, my, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. It's not just so something was- that they've made up because I do know at the very beginning of this, when we had all the empty shelves, they're like, oh, that's made up. Those are old photos. Uh-huh. And you're, or it's a treadmill. See. Oh, you can't get a treadmill, Jin Saki says. Yeah, so you could see in your own life, in those of your friends and family, the bare shelves mm-hmm. for yourself. Now it was a it was a sriracha shortage for uh I'm for sorry? my brother in law. He's he's <laughs> big into the hot sauces, and she went to four different stores right. and couldn't find it. But see, this is America. This is America. If you want hot sauce, I, you should be able to roll up literally anywhere. I should be able. To, to go into uh, a laundromat, you know, and, and there should be hot sauce for sale because this is America. It's a way of life for my brother-in-law. <laughs> and it's he nowhere could not, now. He could not live without it. Uh, and they went, they, they searched. Uh, they they found some. Oh, okay. And they've stocked up now. So uh, That's good. You got to plan ahead in, in this country. They've Yeah, but that's the thing. It's the just-in-time mm. delivery mechanisms. And, and you, she, you know, at a Walmart, right? This is... This is what they do better than right. anyone else. This is how they became Walmart. It is the third worldification of our country, which I got to play this video. It is January 6th related. Before you roll your eyes, you're like, oh, gosh, enough of the January. No, you're going to laugh at this. You're going to love this. Okay. Because, I mean, whether it's empty store shelves or crushing the population from from uh, ever protesting their government again, I mean, it's third worldification. But this reporter was doing a stand-up there in front of the Capitol on January 6th. And I just love the, the comedic timing of the weather. Watch this, of Mother Nature. Watch this. All right, you ready? Yeah, when you're ready. Okay. It's one year since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, <laughs> when supporters of Donald Trump stormed this building trying to prevent the election victory of Joe Biden from being certified on the anniversary. <laughs> if you're listening, the wind has whipped up oh, and blown God snow <laughs> oh, I did not see that. over her and just ruined the live shot. And it's good. And take it. Take two. That was that was worth it. I love that. Um. Have y'all seen the video circulating that features uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, the the governor of Michigan, um, back when she was a state lawmaker? And she was, uh, back in 2012, and she was egging on a crowd outside the Capitol in Michigan, Lansing. And, and so I want you to see this. Watch this video. Is this cool? Are we good with with Democrats uh, uh, so calling for this? The governor locked the public out during their attack on collective bargaining. I threw open the doors of the Capitol oh. and I led the resistance from my office. Excuse and so me? now the crowd is chanting, let us in, let us in. 
Whitmer opened her ground floor, Capitol Office building. Basically, come on in. Uh-oh. We're gonna fight, are you? We're gonna fight? And then her followers basically used violence and attacked, and then this goes on and on and on. But it's cool. But the correct people. Correct people, because as we've said on this show many times, there's power in the D. Because you can get away with anything you want. Uh, in fact... Uh, the Federalists put out this list of eight times left-wing protesters broke into government buildings and assault, insulted democracy. <clears throat> Number one was the uh, Interior Department was overtaken. Remember that one? Um, back, uh, when was that? Uh, oh, that was just last year. Last year, okay. Um, what were they upset about, though? I forgot what that was. Uh Mm, I forgot what they were pushing. Uh, and number two, uh, the, the president, President Trump, was uh, moved to a bunker after the White House fence breach. But that was no big deal because that was Trump and that was leftists that were trying to make a point. So that was that we don't we don't uh, memorialize that day in history. Nobody can tell you what day that was. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wisconsin Capitol. We know about that. Right. That was uh, wasn't that the union thing back with uh, Scott Walker? I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the budget repair was education. I forgot, but it was a yeah. it was a budget bill issue. Uh, Portland courthouse. Remember that? Remember when they were like, "Oh, Trump, don't be sending troops there to defend the the federal building, uh, the Texas Capitol." When they were uh, the uh, pro-abortion demonstrators were interfering uh, with the process there. Uh, we of course remember the um, the uh, I am Legion uh, fanatics there uh, banging on the doors. Uh, at the uh, Supreme Court during the Kavanaugh uh, induction there. Let's see here. Senate was uh, bombed by uh, left-wing terrorists back in 1983, as we know. Uh, the Senate chamber uh, breached by Biden himself. We played the clip last week where he tells a story of, you're under arrest. And Sure. Okay. Um, let's see here. And uh, then, of course, this, this isn't even on this list, is what uh, Whitmer just admitted to back in 2012. But again, the Kavanaugh hearings, everybody was protesting and trying to come, you know, like it's there are so many instances that that probably aren't even on that list. <clears throat> right, right. Those are just the documented ones. Put that thing back up, Rob. I missed that. What, what did that say? Your, your little meme there. Uh, corporate needs you to find the difference between this picture and this picture. <laughs> They're the same picture. And what you're seeing is um, January 6th entry. And then I think that's the Department of Interior, or maybe that's Michigan. I'm not sure. Uh, but there you go. Point made. And by the way, uh, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, John Solomon uh, talking about how uh, everywhere where they have um, had these issues. Remember, we talked yesterday. We've got illegal aliens now are going to have the right to vote. It looks like 800,000 strong in New York City. And that's just the ones we know of at this point. Um, and now it'll just be a magnet. Come on up and vote. You have to wait 30 days, though. But the so days, there's that is so rude. There's like, a stiff curve there that you have to, you know, you have xenophobia. to be here for a month first. That's xenophobia. And be- then yeah. you can vote. Because if they were truly open, they would say immediately, like the next day. But again, having to wait that full 30 days. Um, but yeah, listen to this. You know, obviously, we've heard a lot about Georgia, and they, you know, were ostracized by the left. And uh, 
a lot of the reform from that law that the left screams and hates so much has not even been enacted yet. And here we are. Hello, it's 2022. It's an election year. You might want to put some of these things into practice by now. Uh, in Texas, while a comprehensive election integrity reform bill was passed during a special session and multiple election bills were passed during the regular session, Democrats are suing to prevent the laws from taking effect and Republicans downgraded illegal voting from a felony to a misdemeanor. Uh, GOP lawmakers in Michigan passed election integrity laws, but Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer vetoed them. I'm shocked. Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that election regulators unlawfully allowed tens of thousands of absentee voters to skip voter ID checks by claiming they were in, indefinitely confined by the pandemic without suffering from a disability. Well, Wisconsin's legislative, after that was abused, Wisconsin's Legislative Audit Bureau found numerous other rule changes were made uh, uh, that were not approved by the state legislature. Uh, lastly, Arizona, an audit called into question more than 50,000 ballots cast in the November 2020 election, while in Georgia, state election officials uh, have uncovered such widespread mismanagement in Fulton County. That's the city Atlanta is in that the state of Georgia will now run elections in that county. So but there is a little glimmer there. Keith, don't worry, because Governor Stacey Abrams in Georgia, she'll she'll take care of it. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry. <sighs> Governor Stacey Abrams, yeah. man. She's running, right? Well, I mean, she's, she's going to. She's again. gonna. Well, she's never she's got, conceded well, the first say, time. She's got to defend her uh, governorship. <laughs> she's got to try to stay in office there. Uh, I asked uh, during the break if uh, you guys wanted a cool uh, fossil discovery story or a technology story. Jill is the only one that piped up, Eric, and uh, we're going to go with uh, uh, technology. I think this is really cool. This Habitat for Humanity story. Um, where they are now constructing homes through 3D printing. Look at look at this. That is a nice home. That was constructed in 12 hours, a 1,200 square foot home with 3D printing. It's impressive. Yeah? Did you yeah. live in that house? I'd live in that house before I would live in this... Uh, yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I told you guys uh, the San Francisco Tower. I just, I think that house is cool. The San Francisco Tower is, um, it's leaning now twenty six inches. It's a condo. Haven't we heard about a condo collapse somewhere recently? Anybody remember that in Florida? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know what it is. I, I think we've forgotten how to build buildings in this country, or something. I, this is a building in San Francisco, a nice building. Um, it's 645 feet tall, 58 stories, now leaning over two feet to one side, to one side. Um, now construction workers, they delayed pouring in grout after removing soil from under the building, potentially worsening the issue further. So in other words, they were in the process of fixing it and then they stopped. Government contractors. Uh, right, exactly. You know it's true. <laughs> so they were halfway during the process. They're like, ah, we're going to... Well, I mean, we got Christmas and New Year. I mean, y'all good up there, right? I mean, would you... Li if the, the cost of living in San Francisco is so high. If you were offered a place in this building for free, would you risk it? I lived in San Francisco for one year. Uh-huh. That's long enough. It, you, Even for so, free. Uh-huh. That's that's not going to happen. The building, in addition to leaning now 26 inches to one side, has already sunk between 17 and 18 inches. Now, now they estimated 
they estimated that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to sink maybe five and a half inches. Again, it's now a foot and a half deeper into the ground. So I honestly, have we forgotten how to build things? Yeah, if, I don't know what's going on with me. You see this problem with like new houses and all of that, you know, it seems to be going to crap and seems like all this you got buildings that have been up you know they're like traditional like european builders and all that have been up almost untouched for 1200 years or something like that and the ones that are gone were destroyed in in pick your war yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly and then you have all of these that are still up that are uh, you know they got put up last year that are crumbling to the ground it's honestly i don't know what's going on quality is not what they're prioritizing clearly Okay, let's finish with something, because I have a question for y'all. One of the things that I bug Pat with, and I'm going to definitely do this while he's away, is I bug him with animal videos. And uh, it didn't count earlier. Tommy Boy Clip did not. That, that was, no, that was newsworthy. So uh, somebody sent me this, this video of a cat, right, at the top of, like, a, a, of the stairs, and the cat slides down. Now, before you play the video, Rob, I want to ask... Eric and Jill, did the cat just stumble into this trick, or do you think the cat is smart enough that he's like, oh, I'm totally going to slide down this thing? Watch this video. Tell me if he just... I'm feeling good. You might kill the audio on this, Corby. I didn't know there was music. Okay. Oh, so do you think that... Because watch. He immediately runs back to the top. He's he's smart enough to know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, at least the second time, right? But do you think the first time he did that, he was just a dummy and he's like, no one saw that, right? Wait, that was kind of fun. Or do you think that he did it on purpose from the very beginning? <laughs> the cat, it's just a little kid going again, again, right. one more time. Let's exactly. Do I don't think that, it, you know, cats, first of all, even if the cat knew that that was going to happen, the cat's uh-huh. going to be like, I'm too cool for this. Because that's what cats do. Yeah. And the, then the cat obviously didn't I know do it again. that someone was recording. She was like, oh. That was kind of fun. Let's do that again. Yeah, look at there that, it huh? Is. I love that. I love animals. They're just fun. <laughs> so funny. You gotta entertain. You gotta entertain yourself, right? You, you sit around all day. There's not much going on. You, I'm gonna. You know, Stetson Bennett. He's missing out on all these cat videos because he has a flip phone now. The Georgia quarterback. He can't. Wait he can't minute. entertain himself with all of the Wait cat videos. Wait, does your mom get to see cat God, videos? I, 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 yeah, she sent me a video okay. of some dog mastiff that was like in the random video of big mastiff in a window. Okay, I might get that still. Uh-huh.